I'm Sienna, the kid. I'm Sarah, the mom. Whether you're a young person wanting to learn more about these issues, or their parent wanting to find ways to connect, we want you to join us as we tackle some important subjects. If you can't have these conversations in your household yet, we hope to help by having them here. Welcome to Queer Kids Straight Mom. Let's talk. We are so excited to welcome you to our first episode of Queer Kids Straight Mom. We're going to jump right in with a topic we've been discussing a lot lately, queer baiting. Sienna, do you want to define queer baiting? Yeah, so queer baiting is kind of interesting. There are kind of two main definitions and ways that people talk about queer baiting. The overall concept is leading people to believe something or someone is queer when it or they are in fact not. So there's two main ways that that manifests. One is in media. So, you know, books, movies, TV, that kind of thing. And then the other one is with people like celebrities or artists. So we had a conversation the other day that I thought was really interesting. You said the root of a lot of your problems was people thinking they know more about you than you do. And one of the examples that you gave was people expecting you to be more masculine because you're non-binary, even though it doesn't mean that you're always going to act more masculine. And one of the people that you experienced this with was a girlfriend who was your age. And I thought that was really interesting because I, as a parent, part of a different generation, tend to think that the people that make those sorts of generalizations in sort of misinterpreting how people should express themselves are older, but this was somebody your age. Well, just interestingly, it was also, my ex-girlfriend was also trans, which is, which really makes it interesting. Right. It is interesting. But instead of older people who do it because they're less informed, we're talking about young people. So that kind of struck my attention. And then maybe it's just a frequency illusion thing where and thinking it's everywhere just because I'm paying attention to it. But a series of things happened shortly after that, that got me thinking about even young people right now, making assumptions of what somebody's gender or sexuality expression should look like, because of how they've identified themselves, or just the perception of how they identify themselves, and then acting surprised or offended when that's not what happened. So the first thing that happened, you and I relate to the game, but we just watched the brilliant show Heartstopper. And shortly after, I saw this whole social media hoopla where one of the stars, Kit Connor, was accused of queer baiting because this video appeared of him walking down the street holding hands with a woman. And all of these people that had assumed that he was gay, even though he's never come out as being gay, um, felt like he had led them on. Then a few days after that, I saw a PFLAG discussion online about queer baiting. Here they were talking about the same thing. Um, it was called queer baiting, rainbow washing, or bi erasure. Let's discuss. It was a really interesting conversation and really relevant to all of these things that had just come up. The panel kind of talked about how queer baiting originated as something that people attributed to movies or TV shows that implied that there was going to be a gay storyline or maybe that a character was gay, but that person didn't turn out to be. And P 
people that had been following the show because they thought they were going to see this representation were really disappointed. I thought that was really interesting because what I had just seen in the news about queer baiting was directed at a person and that person in real life. And then shortly after that, I saw that Maya Hawke from Stranger Things, because she plays a lesbian on that show and also in this movie, Do Revenge, that just came out, but has only been seen dating men in real life. She's also been accused of queer baiting for the same reason people thought, oh, you've represented yourself this way on the screen. And so we expect that of you in real life. So with all this at the front of my mind, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I'm really interested in this idea that with all the new acceptance that LGBTQ plus teens have in society, that they could be getting pushback and criticism, not just from like old conservatives, but from their peers. So in the case of Kit Connor and Heartstopper and Maya Hawk and Stranger Things, they both play these incredibly likable LGBTQ characters. And they play them really well. Like, I can't imagine another person playing those roles because you're in the the age demographic that that these shows are like most targeting. Do you feel like those roles should have to be authentically filled by people who are queer? To me, it's less a matter of authentic, playing a role as someone who's queer because I think queerness is a very nebulous concept and it's not I think there's an unfortunate habit people have of like comparing it to um, blackface or something and I just want to make really super clear that it's really not the same thing in general you know it's it's a little bit iffy when you try to compare experiences with racism and experiences with homophobia because structurally they're just not the same it's not the same kind of oppression um right there's a whole history of blackface um and what that means and if you look at vaudeville theater and the way it was kind of inherently meant to be a mockery of blackness um that when you talk about a straight actor playing a queer role it's just not the same thing um and so i want to make sure that we're not making that kind of comparison because it's also, again, like I said, it's really super nebulous. There's not just gay and not gay. And that's your dichotomy. You've got a whole spectrum of identities. You've got gay people, you've got asexual people who might not have ever been in a relationship with anyone, might not have been in a sexual relationship with anyone. You might have bisexual people who have only experienced relationships with one gender. And so the experience of queerness is incredibly complicated and trying to pin down what one person can or cannot play based on what relationships they have or haven't had, I think gets really kind of pointless after a while. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, these are young people just because they have only dated one gender or have only been seen walking perhaps down the street with a friend. Who knows? The first thing you asked me when I told you I had seen that story about Kit Connor was how old is he? And I said 18. And then we were talking about how that's your brother's age. Mm -hmm. And I had this little bit of mama bear feeling of like, I can't imagine my son having to like figure out who he likes and who he wants to date and who he's attracted to in the eyes of the world at the age that he is right now. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like we make such a big deal of you can have time to figure out your identity and it's okay to be questioning and to suddenly throw all that out the window just because this kid was in a TV show. like. He's still a kid 
And to be honest, you shouldn't be filming a kid walking down the street with his maybe girlfriend in the first place, especially not so you can attack him over the fact that he might be dating a girl on Twitter. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. My interpretation, as I said before, is that a lot of these are not old people who are inflexible in their thinking, but young people who I expect to be much more accepting of uncertainty. So another young famous person who has gotten a lot of attention from other young people is Harry Styles, who they talked about in that discussion that I watched online, that because he often chooses to present himself as, you know, dressing in more feminine clothing that some people feel like, okay, if you're not really transgender, if you're not actually gay, we feel like you're presenting yourself as part of our community to gain publicity when you don't actually have a right to do that. What's your, what's your take on that? Okay, so to me, it's not exactly a matter of whether or not you have the right to do this. To me, it's a matter of the way people treat him doing it. Because to me, it seems that he is dressing up specifically for photo shoots to get publicity about what may or may not be an identity he holds. And, you know, it's it's a real person. And I don't want to say that he does or doesn't hold an identity because I don't know him. But he is taking something that has been a part of the queer community for as long as the community has existed, that people have done before um, and frankly have done better. And he's getting a lot of attention for it because he's a young, attractive white man. And that's what bothers me most of all, is that he's not doing something original or impressive or creative. It feels to me that he's a pretty typical artist and all this publicity around, oh, he wears dresses sometimes, is not necessarily about authentic expression, but about gaining publicity and gaining attention, and frankly, taking it away from the people who maybe deserve more credit, who put themselves more at risk when they do something like that, like Black gay men and Black transgender women who face really high rates of violence, and yet continue to express themselves authentically every single day because it's not a choice for them. And so to kind of slip in and out of an identity for photo shoots, regardless of whether or not it is an identity that you hold, feels a bit disrespectful to me. That's my main problem with Harry Styles. So do you consider that with Harry Styles to be something you would call queerbaiting? No, I mean, I actually really like what you said at the beginning from that panel about how queerbaiting originally was meant to describe media because, yeah, to me, that's what the big problem is with queerbaiting is media that sort of strings people along trying to tell them that, oh, keep giving us your money and keep watching this because maybe at some point it'll be gay. I think that human beings have every right to experiment with their identity and to not be sure of their identity. And just because someone happens to be in the public eye doesn't mean that they suddenly forfeit their right to do that or forfeit their right to privacy. When you're creating a piece of media that is designed for consumption, the way our mass media like t TV and movies are, at that point, you have to think about what your choices are telling the audience. When you 
do that to an audience when you string them along, knowing that you're never going to make a queer storyline, but wanting to keep them engaged with the show, that is a conscious choice that you don't have the right to make for your audience. And that to me is where the term queer baiting is really significant. So having defined queer baiting as such, mostly directed towards a piece of media, what are some examples that you think are shows or movies that are truly guilty of queer baiting? So full disclosure, I tend to see credible explanations of why people find a show or movie or something to be queer baity and then not watch it because I'm like, that's not worth my time. So I haven't really engaged personally with a lot of the media that people are talking about as queer baiting. Um, the one that jumps out to me that I have seen is uh, the BBC Sherlock, which is the one that has Benedict Cumberbatch in it playing Sherlock Holmes. And it goes on and on for like, I don't, I don't remember how the season structure exactly, but for episodes and episodes, it's making constant comments about, oh, are you guys in love? Oh, are you guys dating? And, you know, they're casting each other significant looks. And, oh, he treats him differently than he treats anyone else in the world. They have a special connection on and on and on and on. And, oh, look, now they're married to other people. And to be honest, like, that is a whole separate thing. The idea of just inserting female characters to be love interests so that something doesn't look too queer. I think we could have a whole other episode on that. But yeah, it was something I experienced myself as I was watching. I was like, well, I mean, maybe it'll be queer at some point because this seems really gay. Like this seems gay on and on and on. And you know, that that's another problem that comes up with queer baiting is ultimately it starts, it starts gaslighting the audience. It starts saying, you know, well, no, it's not gay. Look, they have other love interests. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing gay here. And you're like, but I, I know I saw that. <laughs> I swear I saw gay. <laughs> and like, I'm not making this up, right? But then there will be other, other fans who will say, no, you just want to make everything gay. You just want everything to be about you. And you're like, but. <laughs> so with some of this young people throwing around this queer baiting term, maybe inappropriately. Do you think some of that comes from this fear that LGBTQ people have had to have for so long that if I am attracted to the wrong person, if I flirt with the wrong person, this could literally be physically dangerous for me. Do you think that is some of the, the um, feeling betrayed when you assumed that somebody had a certain sexuality and then find out that they might not? Or am I just being too generous? No, I think that's definitely legitimate. And I don't want to say that concerns about this aren't legitimate because it is really hard to feel like, well, here I've been feeling like this is someone who is reflecting me and representing me and giving me something that I didn't have for a really long time. And oh, now they look like they're straight. Okay. But to me, there's a distinction. We were talking about Kit Connor going to Pride. And you know, my response was, I genuinely don't care if he's straight and he goes to Pride. Like, I want, like, I want you to come along to Pride. I like having you with me. I went to Pride this summer with one of my close friends who is straight. And I don't see that as her or you trying to take over my space. I see that as an expression of support. Now, if you showed up to Pride and then got really offended because another woman was hitting on you and you were like, do I look gay? Well, yeah, you were at pride. You look kind of gay. <laughs> um, like if you insert yourself into a queer space and then take offense 
at the idea that someone might think you're queer, that is very problematic. But I genuinely see absolutely none of that from Kit Connor or any of these other people. I see people exploring themselves and I see people trying to be supportive of their friends. And I personally don't have a problem with that. So you are in a happy relationship and if that relationship ended, God forbid, because we love your girlfriend, but say you guys broke up and because you're bisexual, you started dating a guy. Do you feel like your friends, the people around you would act weird about that? Do you think you would get like, wait, what? Even from people that know you're bisexual, like are people just thrown in general when they've assumed they know what somebody's sexuality is better than that person knows themselves? You know, I said that to KJ the other day when we were arguing about how attractive the guy from the video game is. And I was like, dude, (laughs) I think like I'm actually attracted to men. I think I have more, more points, more credibility when it comes to determining how attractive a man is than you do. And he was like, you're a straight brother. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, I mean, yeah, like I don't find most guys attractive, but they're, you know, if I found a guy that I really liked, I would totally date him. It's not like I'm like, no, no men ever. And he was totally thrown for a loop. Hmm. Um, and, you know, he's he works very hard to be supportive. Um, like, he's lovely. But, yeah, I think there would be an element of that. And I do think that I would feel a little bit uncomfortable just in the sense of Presenting myself as queer is a very important part of my kind of defense mechanisms around queerness. Being unapologetically out and visibly queer is a way of kind of saying, say something, I dare you. And I lose that if I am in a relationship with a guy. And like, you know, to be clear, it wouldn't be a straight relationship because I'm non-binary, but because people tend to assume that I am female, it would be perceived as a straight relationship. And I would feel that my identity would be kind of pulled away from me in the eyes of the people around me, you know, even the people who are very supportive. So for the people who do consider their gender or sexuality a very important part of their identity, I think that is part of the backlash when they see a famous person maybe behaving in ways that suggest that they might be LGBTQ, but not wanting to say that they are or aren't. That feels like a betrayal in some way to people that feel like this is such a part of my identity and I've claimed it and I've owned it and I take backlash for it sometimes, but I'm doing this. I'm willing. What do you, what do you say to that? Does that bother you when you see a famous person not wanting to to claim that identity. I mean, that was kind of my point about Harry Styles is that it it seems that there's an element of only wanting to claim an identity when it's convenient or when it gets attention. And I want to be really clear about this. Like, again, I don't know Harry Styles. For all I know, he has all sorts of stuff going on in his personal life where he is claiming a queer identity. And I don't know that. It's entirely my perception when I say this. But it does feel that like oftentimes there's an element of I want to claim queer iconography and kind of queer symbols when it's convenient for me and when I know it's safe. And then when it's not, 
I don't have to be involved. And yeah, for people who live their queerness every single day, I totally understand how that can feel really unfair, um, especially for groups like transgender women who oftentimes have very few resources, are completely unable to hide their queerness and are often violently attacked for it. I completely understand how it can feel almost violent to have people slipping in and out of that identity. Do you think there's an element of the fame that makes it a little bit more sympathetic that everybody's watching you explore this identity and it's terrifying to claim it because what if you lose roles because of it? What if I mean, we know that people say nasty things on social media to famous people all the time, and they have to have a thick skin. But is there any any forgiveness for that? Or do you feel like they owe it as potential ambassadors to the LGBTQ community to be as brave as, as you have? I think there's kind of two different levels there. You've got one level of, yes, it's hard to be a celebrity. I would not want to be a celebrity personally. I I could not deal with that. Yeah, there's all sorts of terrible stuff that celebrities have to deal with. But on a very, very personal level, typically someone who does not embrace a label as a celebrity isn't necessarily going to face the same level of violence that people do on a day-to-day basis. Like people might say nasty things to them, but people are going to hesitate to actually do anything to them because they're so in the public eye. They have so much protection. Harry Styles is a white guy who, you know, just generally is a a lot less risk of violence than a lot of other marginalized groups. And so when it comes to that more immediate level of danger, it's that level that I find more problematic when it comes to not being willing to embrace an identity. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there anything else that you feel like on the topic of queer baiting, this is something people should know from your perspective? Um, I, I guess the main thing is just, I mean, if we return to the case of Kit Connor, he is playing a bisexual character. <laughs> the fact that he might be dating a girl does not make him not queer. And there is just this huge amount of biophobia underlying all of these assumptions. Like that is completely counterproductive to the entire movement for queer acceptance that one decision that you make in your life regarding a romantic or sexual relationship must be defining for your entire life. Again, like he's a kid. A relationship that you choose when you're 18 should never ever define your life. That is true for straight (laughs) people as well. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been a great conversation. I love discussing these things with you and getting your perspective. That's the whole point of this podcast is because we're coming from different viewpoints, different ages, different demographics. Um, I think it's really interesting to be able to tell you how this looks to me and potentially other moms my age and then to get some definitions and some explanations and questions answered from from you. So um, we hope you enjoyed it and we'd love to have you join us next time for our next conversation. We hope you enjoyed our first episode of Queer Kids Straight Mom. We've had a great time talking. We hope you've learned something and enjoyed the time you spent with us. We'll be back in two weeks 
which puts us on Halloween. So we're going to do a special episode with that in mind. For Halloween, we are going to talk about queer coding in horror movies, uh, which is a topic I really enjoy and I hope you will too. If you'd like to see more from us, please consider following us on Instagram and Facebook at QueerKid.StraightMom, Twitter at QueerKidsStraightMom, that's straight with an eight. And if you have anything that you would like us to talk about on one of our next episodes, any questions or topics you'd like covered, please feel free to leave a comment on any of those social media pages. If you would like to help us support us, you can rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And if you would really like to help us out, we have a Patreon under Queer Kids Straight Mom. Thanks so much. Keep talking. Keep listening, be kind, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.